How are these frozen candies? The frozen Un- unfrozen yet? I was. I mean so, that no, the first bite I now. took was. <laughs> so scary! Pretty, I thought you broke your teeth. Pretty <laughs> unbelievable noise. It was a very big crunch. <laughs> you uh, calm down since then. no hesitation. You know, I just when Sour Patch Kids are around, you gotta just get it. frozen or not. Yeah, uh, they're not frozen anymore. But I was kind of digging the frozen candy. Yeah, I'm I, telling you, it's it's a good place. to Is keep that a move candy. you've done before? Yeah, I've really? never done that. Yeah. My many years of candy adventures. I've only I've done chocolate. Oh, I freeze chocolate. Yeah, and Pop-Tarts. Like, what's your go-to... Pop-Tarts, uh, really? Oh, yeah. Why? What's your go-to frozen uh, candy? I've never frozen candy. Oh, I thought you said you did no, a second ago. <laughs> I, said I've never, I thought you were in the I middle of saying... I said in my many adventures of eating candy, I've never frozen it. Oh. oh. Except for chocolate. Well, yeah. That's... My my definition of candy involves fruity candy. Doesn't include Chocolate's chocolate. just chocolate. <laughs> okay. Chocolate's its own category. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like now, that. Now, what about, like... Uh, chocolate, any chocolate. So bars too, like yeah, any all chocolates, just chocolate. It's not a candy bar; it's a chocolate bar. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that one right there. <laughs> it's all just chocolate. But we're set up, ready to go now. All right. Well, Jack has a story to start us off about uh, his ventures of we were breaking re- into his own house. We were ready to go. Minus one very important yeah. piece to the. Equipment. I had forgotten like the main important cord that connects the recording device to my computer, and you don't have your car here. I don't have my car here, so I took or a key car. to the house. So, yes, my key. My key <laughs> is with my car up. with my fiance well. in a different location, <laughs> and I, I take Adam's car to my house, realizing I don't have a key and the door being locked. I have to climb in through a window. Okay, was the screen? Uh, was it the screen or was the full window shut? Oh, it was fully shut. But okay. so this this is where the story gets kind of dicey. Wild. Well, it's also you got to think about it. Jack's a very big guy. He's tall. <laughs> He's got a lot of weight on him, so it's tough for him to get through windows. Well, I had to use the smallest window outside, so that that sucked. But so a little backstory. <laughs> is that the only window unlocked? Is that why you? I think so. I they're they're probably all unlocked. <laughs> you didn't but... Check all the big windows. No, no I just. But, so the backstory first come first serve. <laughs> the backstory of my beef year. I was very Your young. What? My beef year. It'll oh, all bee. connect. It'll all connect. Oh, fear so of bees. I has a, oh, I had, beef. I, I, I thought heard you were saying beef, beef here. Beef. Like, <laughs> he's also starting a company out of his window. <laughs> he also sells meat out of a van. Get your beef here. We we sell beef was taken, so <laughs> it's just beef here. <laughs> uh, beef so, here. I have a very big fear of bees. I was a I was a child with my cousin. We were running on a uh, wood chip pile, like playing King of the Hill, and there was two bees nests inside, and I ended up getting stung eighty plus times. Running so the bees, bees won. So the bees, <laughs> the bees won. You had no chance. <laughs> so now I do not like bees. Not allergic though. Just so just I a had, fear. If yeah, you get stung eighty times, okay. he was allergic. He'd be dead. Yeah. Well, That's I was true. like hyperventilating on my aunt's couch. <laughs> For like and an hour. Have no one helping you? They were. They're like, man, he's, he's taking this <laughs> hard. I, we have no idea what's wrong with Jack. So me forgetting this cord, I have I had to climb in through a window. Well, the past week week or so, there's been bees nesting under my siding in my house. And I've tried spray. I've tried everything. I don't know. Are they like hornets? Or are I think they like they're like wasps. They're not, they're not wasps. honeybees. They're like wasps. Yeah. Like yellow jackets. And... um. So I've been spraying them every day. Nothing happens. They just keep coming back. They're bigger, actually. 
So yeah, probably bigger, stronger. I don't know. They're they're crawling. It's actually roiding up the uh, bees. I probably should call somebody to help. You know, do some pest control because they're crawling into the brick, and they're probably just nesting in the walls of my basement. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's not cool. But I set up a ladder to climb through this window. As soon as the ladder touched the siding and I started climbing it, I looked down and at the base of the ladder, there's like 30, 40 bees flying around. <laughs> and the you're up the ladder. ladder now. I'm up the ladder. <laughs> right, now you're stuck. Yes, and the window's not open. So I, <laughs> I Wait, how tall is the window up? It's not that high. It's I, first story? It's probably like five, six feet maybe. Okay, okay. Nah, maybe a little lower than that. But I had the ladder up, just bees at my feet. <laughs> It was it was a bad time. <laughs> this, uh, this I got lateral... the window open, climbed through, got the cord in and out. This Pretty ladder uh, up to a five foot window really doesn't play well to my story that you're a large <laughs> man. <laughs> Did you? Uh... I wish I had video of me trying to spray these things because I do like drive bys. I'll run by, spray, and run away. <laughs> uh, now head first through window or feet first? <laughs> oh yeah, that's nope, a good question. I got the window open. I realized wow, that's a real small window. So I for such a large man. <laughs> yeah. And I was too scared to go back down. Cause the closer you got to the window, the smaller it appeared. Yeah. <laughs> so I went, closing in on me. I went head first. <laughs> I went head first, climbed in. So the, lat, the, the stairs to my master bedroom was right there. I grabbed the handrail, grabbed the other side of the stairs. and was so like, You were like Superman so through the like window? Superman <laughs> through the window. My legs are straight out the other end. What's your dog doing at this point? He's, he's just staring. He just walked up through. Like, he usually sleeps in the shower. Uh huh. Comes out. He just. Wait a minute. That's a whole other story we have to get into. <laughs> For some reason, he loves the shower. He just every probably, time. He's cool towel. Yeah. yeah. Cool towel. He's a big furry dog. So. But I, as I'm supermaning through the window, I look up and he's just staring at me with like the head tilt <laughs> in the doorway. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Just judging. Usually he's like running around going crazy, but I think he was just really confused. Your your house is pretty covered by trees. I wonder what a neighbor would have said seeing your feet. This uh, this is not the first time I've had to do this. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me either, though. I've been in this house for a year, maybe more, and I've probably done it six times. <laughs> oh, so this is like just, just in a, a cool, day's work. Yeah, but just the, a cool half dozen yeah, times. The, the B factor really is what made the, the difference. <laughs> Well, we're glad you survived it, Jack. Thanks for thanks for all you do for this podcast. Yeah, no problem. We said it the other day in a group chat. If it wasn't for you, there would be no podcast. So. <laughs> no. You know, Appreciate once it. we start making any money, it goes right to Jack <laughs> yes. and to the bee removal. Yeah. Or the Beef's Here company, wherever. <laughs> the beef Here. <laughs> whatever you want. There's some pretty gnarly pictures on Google of, like bees in walls and their nests and shit did you like really get concerned about it and look all this up oh yeah <laughs> and the number of bees that i've seen flying around the outside of my house is just multiplied every day as long as they're not <laughs> carpenter bees they're just a nuisance really they're not gonna hurt anything i don't think just you <laughs> just you yeah, they might hurt you but <laughs> you your fiance i'm just worried dog. that like they get into the house they're living in the walls what happens if i don't have pest control come and they just start flying in through my they basement? live in your house yeah. yeah, I don't like you that. Also, but perspective here. Oh God, is a deterrent for anyone trying to sneak in <laughs> through the window. You know those uh, beware of dogs yeah. signs. You have beware, beware of bees. Of bees. <laughs> Welcome back to old time hockey. Two guys in and throw punches, and they're doing exactly that. Holy jumping! Folks, this is one of the best hockey fights. We have seen in a long time. They are on their feet here at Joe Lewis Arena. Oh, 
Yeah, I got big timed in a store the other day, uh, right What's in front of Chris. What's the uh, definition of big timed? Like, uh, like the guy showed me up. He like, right? Like, yeah, he big timed me. That's what I was gonna say. It was big timer. Although I turned around and yeah, started big- singing that song. <laughs> He started singing Still Fly by Big Timers because it's not a song. That's the name of their group. Whatever. Birdman. Uh, yeah, we were in Kroger and uh, we were buying stuff for the wedding. And Krista is behind. So I'm pushing a cart. Our cart's like completely full at this point. And it's a grocery cart. So one of the wheels doesn't work, of, of course. course. <laughs> so I can't steer. Yep. So I'm trying to get it out of the aisle. And I hear Krista behind me. She's like, hey, come here real quick. And I'm like, all right, hang on. I'm moving the cart. And I turn around and she's trying to reach something on the top shelf. And this guy just like walks up, looks at me, looks at her, and goes, I'll get it for you. <laughs> As I'm walking over to help her, he grabs off top shelf. He goes, anything else? I'm like, yeah, go away. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a nice – you could have uh, maybe had him fix the wheel. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it needs some – you got any tools with it? This wheel screwed up. Yeah, well, I was like – Just oh, a patron? I'll give you a hand. No, he's a guy, yeah, he's a guy shopping. He had like mayo in his hand. And that was it. No cart. I think he was there to pick up chicks, and he was oh. trying to make a move. I think that's he heard what was that holding mail. He said, is a good idea. "He said, oh, she's gonna have to reach that. I'm gonna go help her out." <laughs> yeah, I turned around. I got like three feet away from her. I was like, "Oh, what do you need?" It? He went, "I'll help you out." <laughs> Walked, reached like over her, grabbed it, gave it to her. He's like, "Anything else?" I'm like, that yeah, was no that was way. His number. He was holding like a. I like that he looked at you. That <laughs> he just hands a bunch out of pieces of paper. Yeah, his business card. His business card. <laughs> I like that he looked at you before he like did it too. Yeah, he like looked at me. He was like. He'll never make it here in time. I'm going to do it for her. <laughs> he's still by the cereal. There's no way he's getting yeah. over here. I, just, I didn't say anything to Chris either. I was like, and in my head, I was like, okay, just big time me. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so this guy is marrying her next week, right? Um, yeah. It turns out she uh, she went home with him. <laughs> so I went home alone that night. So he Adam just had the Kroger bill <laughs> and had to unload the car all by himself. All by myself. No, actually, she took all the groceries with her. Oh, so yes, I had no food. <laughs> yeah, it's been a rough week. Man, I am not ready for this <laughs> wedding. <laughs> uh, speaking of not being ready, did you see the story about the lady in South Carolina who died because she was impaled by an umbrella on the beach? Oh, my I have gosh. Not. No. I've heard about this a few years ago that happened before. Oh, so this is like a thing. Yeah. Watch for flying in the umbrellas. windy days. Yeah. Wind picked up. This lady was with. It was really funny because the story I read about it, the lady who was with her, her best friend, was like, yeah, all of a sudden there was just a lot of wind. Went right through her chest. Like She was like nonchalant about it. It hit her in the chest, and she died from chest trauma. Like, yeah. It <laughs> like, went right through her chest. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, what? There was the one I heard. And her friend years. was, oh, yeah, she just, well, that was her time. <laughs> got got like it with an umbrella. That's some uh, final destination pads. stuff. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of was. Final destination, like with the logs on the back of the, the truck, yep. and they go through that. I'm like, that is... I still think about that anytime I'm followed or I'm behind one of those yeah, trucks. Yeah, I won't do it. Oh, I no, get, I out, of, get out of that lane. <laughs> it's terrifying. I wonder how many people... I wonder if you, fo- if you put a camera on the back of that truck and just followed him driving across the country, how it's many like people were like, oh, God, <laughs> get, get out of the way. Constantly a 20-car lane <laughs> behind. <laughs> uh. Yeah, no, the, the one in the, chest, in the chest by an umbrella is just terrifying. The story I heard a couple years ago was it it hit a woman in the leg. It went through her leg. It's what kind of wind gusts do you need to have? Because it's not like those are like a sharp tip on the end. They might be a little bit pointed. Some of so them you are. Can, Some of them are pointed at the end. Yeah, but not like impaling your chest. Hard. Yeah, like the one the ones I'm thinking of. Like we have a red stripe one, and the bottom is pointed, but it's like a plastic 
cone on the bottom that yeah. goes in the... Like, how would that go through your chest? That has to be like hurricane force winds. Why are you on the beach if it's that windy out? Is my question. No one else is. <laughs> Prime real estate. <laughs> yeah, valid. You can sit wherever you want. <laughs> yeah, well, shut you down quick. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, dummy? <laughs> Nobody there. Uh, I also saw this weekend, college football's back. Very yeah. exciting. My, one of my favorite times of the year. Week zero. I week zero. What? Was week zero. <laughs> why? Why week zero? Whatever. Week zero. They're usually also sending teams to Ireland. To yeah. Play. Usually week zero has no good games. At least there was some watchable games. Yeah. Um, but I also. Well, this shows either how much of a degenerate I am, or a loser, or both. I was watching the uh, the UConn Utah State game. Big time yeah. schools right there. Yeah, that's that's a game. I want. I watched the longest fumble I've ever seen. Explain. Guy catches the ball, ran like five yards, gets hit, fumbles the ball. Pile of like four players. Ball somehow magically pops in the air out of the pile, lands on the ground, spinning. Two big linemen from the same team jump on it. Ball shoots out from underneath them. Mm -hmm. Guy comes running up, kicks it, another three yards. On purpose or like trying to grab it? Yeah, trying to grab it. Fumbles it, like fumbles it in his hands, can't pick it up. disappears out of the frame, falls over. (laughs) Two more guys jump on the football. You see the guy put it in his hands, and it's like it was like a greased-up watermelon. It just like in the air, bounced off his hands again, and rolled another three feet before the last guy jumped on it. I counted it. It was 12 seconds of fumble. Now, how far... It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you count out 12 seconds, I'm like... That ball was rolling around for 12 seconds with at no less than 10 guys had jumped on it at one point. Well, and 12 seconds in football is a lot. (laughs) Was it... Was it going uh, backwards, or was it a first down afterwards? It, what was the? Uh, no, uh, I think it was. U- I think UConn recovered, which was the, they were on defense, oh, okay. so they ended up getting the ball. But I'm not kidding. I had to rewind it, start it again, and count how long the ball bounced the around, and no one cut. Just losing <laughs> no, their mind. Nothing. Oh, nothing. <laughs> they just they, they were also they were just as shocked. Oh no! It was uh, it was a uh, a live stream from someone's cell phone. There was no announcers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like old NCAA uh, football games when you were a bad team. No, you didn't, didn't get an announcer get an at your game. <laughs> I like uh, I like the accuracy of that game. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, There's also like a lot of long f- fumbles <laughs> when you <laughs> play those true. games. Yeah. yeah, it was like watching a video game. I I took a nap, woke up, ball was still rolling around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did the announcers. <laughs> Uh, we might as well stick on the uh, football train here. How about the uh, hard knocks? Was there anything better than Deuce Staley with no voice trying to be mad and yelling? That Literally. might be the funniest thing I've seen <laughs> in a very long time. I don't know how that the whole running back room that he's yelling at it is listening. <laughs> Without laughing. Yeah. It's so how are they taking it seriously at all? Let's hear Deuce. The running back's performance has left Deuce Staley <laughs> unable to offer his usual full-throated critique. You can't even hear him. (laughs) The other one's even better when he's like really yelling at, uh, I think it's Jamal or Swift. It's the whole running back room. Oh, he just hates Jamal. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five guys. Oh, you mean this? He wasn't attacking. He wasn't catching a fucking ball. He wasn't hitting a fucking hole. What the fuck? That's not what the fuck we talk about. That's not what the fuck we're about. So you better pick this shit up. I'm telling you right now. You better pick this shit up, especially when you get fucking tired. Stop feeling sorry for your fucking selves. 
That's the fucking game. You gotta play when you fucking tired. You gotta play when you fucking hurt. Coming back with your fucking eyes on me like you confused. No, fuck that. Go to the next play. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. And the running backs are just stone faced staring. I, I don't think I would be able to not laugh. Yeah. Well, imagine it, how mad he would have been if one of them did laugh. Oh, uh, he would have lost. His he might have hit him. He would have lost his voice again when he got it back by yelling at him. <laughs> or just nothing. Coming or out. wait, what if one of them farted? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is. <laughs> he. That's probably how he lost his voice. <laughs> it was in that room yelling, yelling at someone. About farts. Yeah. Uh, big storyline so far has been old Rodrigo. Yeah, they. They Malcolm talk about Rodriguez. that kid. I mean, he's turned into – he's also one of the only features that will be on the team, it seems like. Yeah, that's true. We talked about it a little bit before the podcast, watching some clips. Easy, the big uh, offensive lineman from – he's from – The one that was in the, he's only the played, ice pool with Hutch yeah, in, in the, the first, first episode. episode yeah. Yeah. He's only played a handful of years of football. He went to Mississippi. Um, and he's not going to make the team, and he no. was a big feature. And then Pimpleton, the wide receiver, was a big feature. He's not going to make the team. But Malcolm Rodriguez has been unbelievable. He looks, he looks so good. He might be the best linebacker on this team already. I know, which is which is sad, but also um, drafting is good. Sixth round, he was the last pick that we took, right? right. Yep. Yeah, because uh, they didn't have a seventh. He hits hard. No. He. Is there seven rounds? There's seven rounds, but he. Yeah. I think we traded our seventh. Um, yeah, he hits hard. He's already being like called out in the linebackers room in front of guys that like veterans, veterans and uh, f- like first round picks. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that uh, we finally get because usually we just if we don't hit on the first round, <laughs> we don't get any. Don't get anybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, DC Dan Campbell was pretty theatrical with his opening. Uh, I don't know speech to the team with the pants. And the powder inside the pants, and he he was pretty theatrical. That is the first time I think throughout all of this that there was a little part of me that was like, eh, is he doing that if there's cameras? If there's not cameras around, I think he is. I think that's be. all him. Uh, I I can see it, but th- there was the first time where there was a little part of me I was like, eh. He maybe, also maybe went a little far there. Maybe it was a little bit too theatrical. He also was getting extremely intense just about winning the practice they were about to have. <laughs> yeah, he was crying. Yeah, or about to be crying. He's uh, he's awesome though. I like him a lot. I still I think it still remains to be seen if he's clearly a good coach for his players. Oh yeah, he's good. To, he's a good coach to play for. I think it still remains to be seen if he's a good coach in game. Yeah, I. When he started doing play calling midway through last year, yeah, I was took away from Anthony Lynn. I was pretty skeptical, um, but then we started playing our best football at the end of the year. Yeah, what did Anthony Lynn, Anthony Lynn do for the rest of the year? I, I think he had like a nice little seat up up upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> got his job taken away, but he was still employed. I think he was kind of like when you play Madden and they suggest three plays. <laughs> And you get to pick from them. Yeah, you get to decide. Or say, no, I don't like any of those. Yeah, or I'm just going to go to the book. That was his job. Uh, surprisingly, not a single Jared Goff feature yet. I know. Are we waiting on that? Do we think it's going to happen? I thought it would have happened this episode, if not the second episode. He has been. This is like his third or fourth hard knocks, though. So maybe they're just over. They're sick of Jared Goff. Yeah. Because the Rams every day, had think, it twice. You think every day he walks in and he goes, hey, guys, want to do an interview with me? They're like, no. Jared, go away. Jared, we're <laughs> Get <fine>. out of here. <laughs> Where's that blow? 
Uh, I found this fun fact, though. Did you know Jared Goff made it to a Super Bowl with the Rams while throwing one playoff touchdown the whole time? All the way through the Super Bowl. That's pretty wild. He, was, he had one touchdown Wait, through the two playoffs? Picks throughout the whole playoffs. That's insane. Throughout the whole playoffs, they made it to a Super Bowl and lost in the Super Bowl, and he only threw one touchdown to two picks throughout the entire playoffs. <laughs> Crazy. What did they just that shows right every there. Touchdown? Well, that shows right there that he wasn't he wasn't the reason they made a Super Bowl. You can make a Super Bowl with a bad quarterback or a, an average quarterback, I should say. Because Jared Goff's not a bad quarterback. But you saying the Lions do it? No. Make the playoffs? No, no, they're not a playoff team. I still think they're a seven or eight win team. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, it also shows you that that's the new. I mean, every league is a copycat league at some point. Right, but especially the NFL. Now everyone's saying you build up everything like the Rams did, and then you trade for your quarterback. Worry about your quarterback rather than yeah. like try to hit on like a Mahomes in the draft. You're saying yeah. instead of drafting I mean, one, you just wait till they become good, and you find you you basically watch the league, find out who's good, get your team to that level, and then go get that guy. Similarly, and not to the extent of what the Rams team was, I don't think, but the Colts did that this year, where that right. team has been. Uh, at least like around 500, like little higher, little lower every year. I think they just missed the playoffs last year. Yeah, but they tried to. They did try with Carson Wentz. Exactly. And they just got the wrong guy because. And now, things. now with Matty Ice, they're going to try again. But they didn't even have to give up much for him. No, that was basically free. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into it. But oh, in other news, Jeff Okuda still sucks. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look <laughs> good. Doesn't look good for him. He, he was a first round for us, right? He was third overall. Third overall? Wow. And yeah, when, good pick. And when everyone picked him, they said, you don't take a corner third overall. And the Lions went, well, you could do it. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> and the, he always sucks. That was actually a Bob Quinn impression. That was exactly what he sounds like. Yeah, that was good. All right, let's get into some hockey. Hello, Canada and hockey fans in the United States and Newfoundland. <laughs> drums in that Hockey Night in Canada version. I know, underrated. You know I listened to... <laughs> this is so bad. I sat down and I listened to every version of Hockey Night in Canada theme song from like 76 when it started to today. Do they vary to a lot? A lot of changes, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Some are like... Same main beat? Some are really bad. Yeah, it's the same... Dun, 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 but I like still... Some aren't as like pronounced, like that part isn't as noticeable. There's other stuff going on. Then they started adding highlights in, which was cool, like the audio clips in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I sat there and listened to it. It was like 34 minutes of Hockey Night in Canada theme song. Before we get into some uh, some actual news. hockey news here, um, what's this Gretzky being sued oh, for $10 missed, million over weight yeah. loss? What, what is this? I've never seen this. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, clue us in there because I, I don't know the story either. So Wayne Gretzky was... He's a spokesperson for this this gum. It's appetite curing, uh, curving gum, curving, curving. I don't know, whatever. Uh, you it, got it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so it it is a form of like helping people lose weight, but basically just by making them not hungry anymore. And the only by chewing the gum. The only reason he is like a part of it is just for like spokes. Well, they're I'm like, sure they're paying him. A well, bunch yeah, of money for it. Yeah, they're paying him to be the spokesperson. It's not like his product. No, it's not. I mean, yeah. Wayne Gretzky was never two bills and had to drop some weight. I mean, when I think weight loss, Gretzky is high. (laughs) Well, I just, it's good marketing. The great one, the greatest product. Come on. Uh, so, but Wayne on his own 
his own accord, his own idea for this was to start saying that he himself lost 30 pounds just from chewing the gum. <laughs> so just blatantly lied. Also, he doesn't even have 30 pounds to lose. Right. And didn't like, it's not like he talked to the company and they were like, yeah, that's a good idea. You say you lost 30 pounds. He just did it on his own. So he's now being sued for $10 million for right, claiming to have lost 30 pounds chewing gum. I mean, that's what happens when you're just really good at hockey and you, you <laughs> skip school, I guess. You could just chew gum and lose weight. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. But for, for whatever reason, he decided, yeah, I'm just going to lie and say I did this. And didn't think of any consequences. I mean, he, he's the great one. Maybe there's never consequences until now. Well, hopefully... That contract was like worth ten million, so he just like breaks even. <laughs> right, it's like it's a two million dollar contract. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the whole eight million dollars for uh, endorsing gum. It would be, yeah, it was I such think a that, weird story. I think the funny thing would be if he starts stress eating. <laughs> it gained thirty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then oh, that genius move: gain the weight, then lose it, and claim it was all from the gum. Because yep. then at least he lost the weight. Then you can't counter sue. Counter suit. No, I'm going to counter sue. You're going to need to hold that suit until I <laughs> gain and lose this weight. <laughs> so, what's the. Uh, yeah, if next year you see on TNT, he's, he's like a little chubbier. Best part about this he's being sued by that company because they're being sued because people are like, that's a lie. That's a blatant lie. You didn't lose weight. So the company's like, hey, Gretzky, F you. Now you owe us $10 million. Huh. <laughs> so they're suing him. So I wonder if they like what is he told th- him to say that. that is no, he saying this like they, on Twitter? It's called, uh, or is he well, saying he it say like it was on his own he's accord. a spoke, spokesperson for OMG Gum is what it's called. Is he? Where is he saying this? <laughs> it's just like two people. <laughs> Did he tweet? <laughs> or is it just like a commercial? <laughs> hey, I'm Wayne Gretzky. I lost thirty pounds chewing gum. <laughs> Wayne, <laughs> him and Pete Carroll. Wayne helped uh, help uh, Wayne helping to support the product. That his wife was asked to promote allegedly said he lost 35 pounds in six to eight weeks thanks to Oh My God Gum. The statement was repeated by Janet, so his wife just walked around repeating that he lost 35 pounds. Yeah, it really was the gum. Uh, the weight loss claim prompted Sparks and other investors to provide more funding to the parent company, Buchu. Blue so, uh, so, oh my. But in early 2022, Wayne allegedly admitted he, he lied about it. <laughs> the statement that Wayne lost 35 pounds as a result of Oh My God Gum was, a mo- was the motivation for Spark, so this investment company, and other shareholders to invest or reinvest in Buchu by either providing capital investments or services and filling, and filling reads. <laughs> he just lied. And then at some point he went, this is out of control. I've got to tell people I lied. <laughs> Wait, so they went to – they wanted his wife to promote it? Yeah, and Gretzky was like, "Hold my beer, <laughs> I got this." <laughs> wait, wait, do you hear what I'm going to tell him? <laughs> I have the best idea. Such a weird story. <laughs> yeah, the claim, the the filing, the court filing said that <laughs> said that Wayne alleged that, and that it was repeated by Janet. So his wife just walked around telling people that yeah, he lost 35 pounds chewing gum. Well, in in uh, in her defense, she was at least trying to pimp the product. Yeah, it's just a, <laughs> a supportive wife. It's such a strange story. I, I, I mean, that's... I do know uh, so so, uh, someone's son-in-law is, is healthily uh, like $100 million richer. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, uh, DJ, I need a little help here. I got myself into a pickle. 
<laughs> it's the gum again. Uh, yeah. It's uh, Wayne, is it the gum? <laughs> <laughs> it's the gum again, isn't it? I don't I, have to go win a live tour. I told you 10 pounds was realistic. <laughs> no one will believe 35. Uh, more hockey news. The Beauty League. So it's like a summer league for NHLers and really good hockey players. Played in Minnesota? In Minnesota. It's been going on since 2013, I think. Uh, Teddy Bluger, current Pittsburgh Penguin. His team was in a playoff game, and they were lighting up this other team. They were up 12-3. to Bluger racking up points and also apparently the body count because he <laughs> absolutely filled in Vinny Letary, who is a former Duck. He's a Providence Bruin now. He just signed with them. But he filled him in. It was the first fight the league's ever had because it's a summer league. There's no defense played. Guys are out there just have a good time and not get hurt to ruin their NHL contract. And he filled him in and bloodied him up big time in a fight. Yeah, when we post this, uh, we'll also put a link to it on Twitter. But it it was an unbelievable fight for summer league. <laughs> he dummied him. I mean... This is haymaker after haymaker, too. Yeah, I don't think Letary... Well, Letary maybe tried to throw a punch or two, but he had no chance. And from everything I read, he's the one who started. He was pissed about they were losing 12-3. Maybe Bluger did something, because Bluger had just scored his fourth goal. Now, Jack, have you seen it? Sorry, I was just watching Rusty, and I would zoned out this whole conversation. (laughs) Jack, not listening to the podcast. Uh, well, we do have... I have not seen it. Everyone was just as stunned. Uh, even the announcers were pretty stunned. Listen to their call of the fight. And in that one, they will face the winner of Bick and Tria. We have a fight here. Letary going at it with Teddy Bluger. That's interesting. <laughs> that's the call of the fight. And that guy that's bleeding is also losing 12-3. to 3. <laughs> Is straight up not having a good time. <laughs> My God, dude. It was a playoff game, and he was apparently real upset. That Does Bluger get invited back? Uh, yeah, Letary doesn't. Oh, he lost. He's fight. done. Yeah. <laughs> it's relegation. He's fight. relegated. Fight relegated. <laughs> uh, unfortunate news out of the World Junior Championships. Bam. The USA lost, and I stopped watching. Yeah, I watched uh, highlights after they lost. I watched that whole USA game. Team USA knocked out by the Czechs in a 4-2 uh, upset, really, in the elimination round. Definitely not a game they should have lost. They didn't look in the game at any point. No. Well, it's a classic case of uh, going in thinking you're going to bomb the team. That team had just lost to Latvia, I think. Yep. Yeah, to one of the worst teams in the tournament. Looking ahead, probably. I think they would have had to play Finland, if I'm not mistaken. Because Sweden was on the other yep, side. Yep. So probably looking forward to that game. And uh, and you get bounced. And they're down two heading into the third. And then immediately got a, f- five, a major penalty. So they're down uh, five on four, five five on four for five minutes. But then the United States got a ma- got or Czech. Check the Czechs. The Czechs Just got one. The Czechs. Yeah. Czechia, Czech Republic, <laughs> Czechoslovakia, whatever they're called now. They got a five. So there's two five-minute majors in the third period. They cut it to one, and then they pulled the goalie. And yeah, it's called the empty netter. Hughes was playing on, like, one leg that whole game, too. Was he, he was hurt? Yeah, he got hurt, I think, in the first period. I turned it on, like, halfway through the first, and he was already, like, couldn't get over the boards. So. Oh, jeez. Limping? Yeah. 
Canada comes out and wins the tournament. Um, like I said, I stopped watching, but I did see the highlights. Kent Johnson scores the golden goal versus Finland. It's an OT win. Sweden wins bronze 3-2 over the Czechs. Well, huge save. You saw that McTavish save. Yeah, that was unbelievable. It stopped the puck. Puck bounces up in the air. They probably lose if it goes in, right? Yeah, what was, yeah, what was the score at that, at that point? I think it was tied. Oh, that was in overtime? Oh, okay. Even yeah, worse. literally okay, would so, have yeah. lost the game. Yeah, so they, they nearly lose on an unbelievable... McTavish knocks the puck down. It's going in the net, in the air. He knocks it down. It lands on the goal line. And then he pulls it out of the net in overtime with, you know, what, 15, 16 minutes ago in the overtime. And then they go right down to the other end and Kent Johnson scores. Yeah, a minute later. That's crazy. That's just crazy um, momentum. It would have been fun to watch that game, but oh, yeah. it's also not on TV anywhere. And U.S. was out, so I stopped caring. I know. It's so hard to find. That's what happens. If you don't have the NHL Network, you just could not watch it. Yep. Uh, Mason McTavish lights up the tournament, wins tournament MVP, eight goals and 17 points in seven games. I mean, that, unbelievable. He, you could tell he, he's out of his, he's way out of men his amongst class there. boys. Yeah, he's yeah. way out of his weight class there. He was. I mean, was even like Mazer looked good um, for the United States, and he, I think, just had seven points. Yeah, <laughs> seven, seven points. He, he scored five. Yeah, which is good. But yeah, he was a point a game. McTavish said, uh, "I'll triple that real quick yeah. <laughs> and save a goal." Yeah, and save save and the I'll goal, play save, goalie. Save goal. Yes, <laughs> save the gold medal. I'll play goalie. I'll win us a. T- a a gold medal. Uh, yeah, Carter Mazer impressed. Wings fans will be happy to hear that. He was pretty good. And there was a lot of buzz about him, too. He was this, He was drafted in this previous draft, right? Yeah, round three. 38 points in 41 games for uh, Denver. Yeah, he's he sounds like a steal. I guess he's like constantly calling and texting Cleary, too. Oh, they're the good friends. Uh, Him and Skeletor hanging out all the time. Right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but Cleary's like head of player development. He'll call him and ask him to watch film and stuff. He went to the school of Dan Cleary, he, huh? He should. He did. Uh, I should get him a hat. He should get him in touch with <laughs> Kyler Murray. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, we got some NHL news. Kadri finally signs, boys. Lands with the Calgary Flames, seven times seven. He's got a full no move the first four years of the contract, and then a thirteen team no trade list in years five through seven. Before we get into what led them to make their next move, thoughts on the signing? That's what I thought he was going to get, roughly. You thought he was going to Anaheim, though. Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Just messing. I think I feel like at some point we may have mentioned him with Calgary just in in passing, like listing off names that or teams that would make sense. It kind of came out of uh, nowhere, though, when he did sign. Yeah. Because all the talk was Islanders. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it, it like there was no rumblings before. It was just like he's signing. Yeah, he, he signed. Yeah. Well, we also thought maybe because we talked about this in the last episode, the Kevin Weeks tweet that he put out that said the Islanders were going to make four moves. Yep. Which we'll get to, but we figured that that would be the Cadre signing. And well, they must have been trying to to sign him, but couldn't move money. Right. That has to be the reason. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, or and that, teams are lowballing. Well, players. And that, well, that leads us to uh, the Calgary Flames then ship Sean Monahan to the Habs. So he goes up to Montreal along with conditional first rounder for future considerations. We know what that means. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to read all the conditions on this pick. It was literally an entire web page long of all the conditions because that pick is also tied to the Kachuk deal the florida deal it's a florida pick 
Oh, that goes along with okay. it. There was like, I'm not kidding. There was three different sections of conditions that go along with this pick. Like if Jeez. this happens, then it goes here. But if they want to, if the pick falls between 15 and whatever, then they can transfer it to the next. There was like a million different things. So it, I it literally stopped reading at one point. I was like, I don't care what the conditions are anymore. I wonder how many teams uh, were in talks with getting Monahan, especially if you just get a free first round pick. Well, and we, we, we loved the idea of Iserman doing it. I mean, Whatever Monahan ends up doing, sorry, Jack. No, you're good. Uh, whatever Monahan ends up doing, or how, if he even plays, it's you just get a first round pick. So it's it's not a if he scores one goal or plays like five games, it's still you won the trade. What's his contract left though? How many years on it? Just one. Oh, really? So it's after this year. Last year, yeah, yeah. I and he's gonna okay. miss, I think, at least half the year because I think he just got the same hip surgery that I thought he had just come back from it. No, because he missed the whole rest of the playoffs. Remember he? Oh yeah, he did. You're right. He didn't play. So so he had the hip surgery. He at least had that that runway time. Correct. There. Um, but yeah, it's a free and and a guy who, by all accounts, was a stud when he was him, when he was himself and he was healthy. Well, he scored 25 goals, I think, three or four straight years. He's still in his 20s. Yeah, it's it's so well. It's also like you said, it's that. That Sagan injury, right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about we've talked about it a couple times how long it took Sagan to get back from that injury and to feel normal again. Sagan said he had to rebuild all of his lower body strength, basically, in his core strength after that after that surgery. Well, his whole leg uh, that that side of the hip was worked on, you can't move, so all his muscles were just gone. Right. So shut down. Um, he was shut down for uh, surgery on his right hip. It was retroactive to April 1st, which means he may have been injured in overtime loss to the LA Kings, or it could have been aggravated even more that night to the point where surgery was was necessary. If he he's only 27, if if he's bad or doesn't play much this year, he comes back. Sagan was starting to show at the end of last year that he was getting back in the groove, and he's already in his 30s. So you got a younger player. Originally sixth overall, so he's always been good. He's played a lot of hockey in the NHL. He's played a lot. I mean, here's his goals. 22, 31, 27, 27, 31, 34, 22. That's what I mean. By all accounts, he was, a, he was a stud. Yeah. I mean, he, he had one, two, three, four, four 60-plus point seasons. One of those was 82 points in 78 games. I mean, he was... He was the Batman to Goudreau's Robin, or vice versa, for, just for say, that whole time. Does he get those points and goals because he was with Goudreau? No, I think he was. I think he was just or that good. And injuries have if you're, derailed his career, and he's a center. Yeah. Also, if you're drafted at six, you were talented. Yeah. yeah. All growing up, or right. or at least your pro years. He does have a lengthy injury history, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty seventeen. Needed wrist surgery, had a great season in 17-18, and then had surgery uh, on two herniated discs, a groin operation, and his left wrist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cracked his thumb the following year. Uh, Another surgery. Oh, there was no reports of him having. So had one clean year in 1920, and then went right into the hip issues. So he's had quite a few major injuries that have 
you know, he's had surgery multiple times. So there's that risk, but there's no risk when for get the Canadians getting him. Yeah, yeah and exactly. you get a first rounder. So, I mean, that, it, like you said, if Eisman had done this deal, we would, we would love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whether he plays a minute as a Canadian or not, it's a good deal. Well, the only bad thing uh, the Canadians have to worry about is just money now because they're already over and just added another guy who makes, I think, six. And he goes on the IR, though. But if you just to put him back on the team if he's healthy at all right. is the only thing. So this begs the question: Is Calgary better than Florida now? Well, I also saw. So I, I, when I first looked at this this deal, and I was like looking up what what other people wrote about it. There was a someone, a Calgary writer, who said who the headline of his article was: "Are the Flames better now than they were last year?" No. That's what I said. There's not not a chance. And he tried to make the argument that they were. I think it might be close. I mean, they they added Uyghur then, but they did lose Goudreau and Kachuk, but now they got Kadri and Huberdeau, two solid guys to replace the guys you lost. However, so they're not better, but they're not that much worse. I would I would tend to agree with that mainly because of Uyghur and Huberdeau. I don't know yeah. that. And I like Kadri, he's fine, but he's I don't think he's going to do what he did last year. No. And 7 times 7, I wouldn't have given him that. I don't love the contract. And he, he essentially, we talked about it, did he price, him, price himself out of getting what he was asking for? Trying to chase He was time. probably asking for more than this, but he didn't really hurt himself. He still got basically the deal you would have assumed he was going to get. Yeah. It's tough. They're not better, right? I don't think. I mean, you, you don't get better by no. trading a 24-year-old who yeah, just got off a 100-point season. Two of them. Yeah. 115 and then and 105. So both... Both players they lost scored 40 last year. So they have to find 80 goals. Are they better defensively? Defensively, you like, could make the all argument. Around. Cause, Not cause, just because of Uyghur, but all around. Like uh, With the two guys they added on forward and Uyghur, are they better defensively? Probably. Yes, probably. Definitely defense uh, as a team, probably. But as a defensive core, yes. Because you Cause didn't you lose Uyghur. anything. Right. But even with Huberto, who can play both ends of the ice. And Kadri, yeah. who can play both ends of the ice. And Kadri, who's just going to piss people off adds a different factor that you didn't have with Johnny Goudreau, and you kind of replace some of that, which is what Kachuk brought to the lineup. So if you if you look, Huberdeau and Johnny have like very similar career uh, points. So if you want to say that's they a wash. They each had a monster, de- and, monster year last year. Yeah. yeah. If you want to say that's a wash. Okay, I could do Yeah, You could do that. And Huberdeau's better defensively. Right, for sure. So, well, that's what I mean. Are, are they? Maybe the case could be made that they're a better, they're a much more well-rounded team now. So Huberto has played uh, 671 career games. He has 613 points, and then Johnny's played 602 and has 609 career points. Yeah, it's virtually the same player. Yeah, Johnny has actually better stats, but, but Johnny's a smaller body. And he's not going to help you on your own under the ice yeah. very often. So you could say that's a wash, but. I'm taking Kachuk over Kadri every day of the week. Every day of yeah. the week. Yeah. But um, that's not to say Kadri's bad. No, but he's not going to repeat. Playoff he's not going to repeat what he did last year. No. But okay, but is this team any closer to a Stanley Cup berth than they were with Goudreau and Kachuk? No. 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 They're probably a little bit further away. And their away. window is, if there was a window for this team, which you could argue there never was. There never was a window, yeah. But, or th- this year, this last, last season would have been the window. Yeah. Last season was the year they were supposed to go to the Cup Final. It was supposed to be them or Colorado out of the West. Well, now you have no young talent. No. 
None. Unless it's unless you're like think Majapani is your young talent. You got you have no superstar. No. Under Huberto's your guy. Now. Yeah. He's your face of the franchise, right? I mean, really, it should be Lindholm because he's the most one of the most underrated players in the NHL. But I mean, here's your your starting lineup: Huberto twenty nine to Foley thirty, Kadri thirty one, Coleman thirty, uh, Backlund thirty three, Lucic thirty four, Trevor Lewis thirty five. So their decor is actually pretty young and solid. But their forwards are. But they're they're just old, ancient. Yeah, and they're not going to get like. <laughs> High picks coming up. Right. Right, because they're still going to be good. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Lou Lemoreau is off vacation, boys. He came back to the office. Got back, to work. Baby. Lou, uh, Lou surprised everyone in the Isles front office by showing up to work and, uh, <laughs> and, got, and got some stuff done. He signs Romanoff after they got him in a, uh, a deal just, just prior to the draft, or was that at the draft? Uh, I think, I think was just – Prior, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So they get Romanoff. That, they give him three years, two and a half million per. Which I immediately thought that feels like a bargain for him. That's a pretty darn good deal for Romanoff. I like his game a lot. And how old is he again? Physical. I think he's young. I think he's only 25? like five. Twenty four. I thought. 20. I was gonna say twenty three. So let's see. Oh, we're all we're all over the board, boys. Let's see. Alexander Romanoff is twenty two. Oh, we're wow. all wrong. What a steal! That's a that's a that's a good deal. Yeah, I mean, that, you would you you maybe would have wished you could get a couple more years out of that deal, but they did Jack's favorite thing. <laughs> that call gets better and better every time you do it. Keep improving, it, buddy. Uh, Lou also got Kiefer Bellows done one year, one point two million, and Noah Dobson gets three years, four million. What do they call that, Jack? You know, I already just said it. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you were gonna not do it that time. That was nice. <laughs> so nice. you caught me off guard too. Yeah. Surprising. Uh, so he gets uh, basically signed all the guys they uh, they had left to sign, and now Lou can go back to the beach and keeps them all as RFAs with the with the signings. Yeah, which he, did is a, nice. he did a good job. I mean, no one ever said he was bad at doing his job. He just didn't do it for a while. He yeah, just, when he's there, he's good. <laughs> he just missed all the action yeah. this summer. I wonder if he just had his phone off, too. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm not answering any phone calls. He saw the reports that Kadri was coming there. He went, hmm, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. I haven't even talked to him. Man, these margaritas aren't drinking themselves. <laughs> it's him and Bobby Margarita. Yeah. <laughs> him and Bob McKenzie sitting on the beach. He's Kadri, like, Kadri. I've been doing this my whole life. I, get, I deserve a summer off. <laughs> this is my summer. It's the summer of Lou. I deserve one summer off. Summer of Lou has ended. Kadri's <laughs> agent's on the phone. You want to talk to him? Does he want a bridge? No. no Lou, I don't want him. Want, Lou at 79 finally took a vacation. First vacation ever. Yeah. Good for him. Carolina Hurricanes replaced Max Pacioretty by signing Paul Stasny. One year, 1.5. Sure. Whatever. Okay. Not, he's, had no, fill, he's no Pacioretty. Had to fill the spot, I guess, right? And yeah. He's, he's serviceable, though. He's still good. Yeah. His, he's older. Probably play a third line role there. You're like you said, he's not replacing Pacioretty, but you had to replace the spot. So a veteran with a lot of experience who can still who can still play. Doesn't work out. Doesn't matter. Right. It's an easy deal. How about the Vegas Golden Knights? They said you know it's more you know what's more important than having a goalie on this roster. Phil Kessel, baby. They're not wrong. You got to fill Kessel, baby. Got to fill the seats. Phil the thrill signs a one year one point five million dollar deal, which is interesting because you thought. Arizona would be like, we got to fill all 46 of these seats. We need to keep Phil around. 
got you got to keep Phil to fill. <laughs> keep Phil to fill. I know. They- <laughs> uh, one year, one point five. Uh, some interesting dates on the calendar for the Vegas Vegas Golden Knights schedule. Vegas plays Toronto on October twenty fourth, which Phil could tie the Iron Man streak at nine hundred eighty nine consecutive games. The next, t- the next big game, That's insane. November 17th, Vegas plays the Yotes, and it could be his thousandth straight game played. That's crazy. That's, That's wild. That's probably one of the coolest stats in hockey. <laughs> that, you, you've never missed a game your whole career. That's, That's, cra- That's insane. It's wild. Um, and for those two teams to fall on those two dates is pretty insane. What's, uh, so the record's at... So he'll hit 1,000, and he'll almost play as many games as people watching. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. You got it. <laughs> I wonder if I didn't I pull up uh, Vegas's schedule, Jack. Are they? I wonder if they're at home for those two games. You wrote verse, but it might be. Yeah, I don't think I even thought about it at that time, though. While you're looking that up, Vegas is now seven million dollars over the cap. Eight, eight million over the cap. Yeah, but they need. Uh, they have some. They have obviously LTIR coming up, and they still need three roster players and a goalie because <laughs> they have a rookie goaltender, and that's it on this roster. All right, what am I looking at here? I got the Vegas uh, October twenty fourth against Toronto. Is that at yep. home? That is or in Toronto? Um, Toronto Maple Leafs at Vegas. So they're okay. in Vegas. How about the Yotes on November seventeenth? November. I believe that is. Uh, Please be in Arizona. No, nope, it's at Vegas. Uh, Dang it! That would have been so fun. That would have been the game they could finally that, sell out. That'd be that'd be the game we fly into Arizona for. Oh man! <laughs> to see Phil hot dogs drink all Pepsi. around. <laughs> yeah, dollar hot dog night. Yeah, they could do like the Phil special. Uh, he's wearing number eight in Vegas. Okay. I saw. So you could do eight dollars, a dog and a Pepsi and a Pepsi, eight bucks. That's a good deal. That's, that's a pretty. Solid that's deal. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. Uh, random thought here. Did you see the list of the NFL stadium beer prices? The most expensive in the league? I did not. Washington Commander is the most expensive. It's like fourteen fifty for a beer. Okay. Have you ever been to Ford Field and been able to get a $5.50 beer? Never. That's what it had us listed at. I was like, there is not a chance. We were one of the cheapest beers in the, in the league. And I was like, I never once have paid less than $10 for a beer at any stadium in Detroit. I've never been to, uh, I've been to Ford Field, but not for a Lions game. Never been to a Lions game. There. Did you buy beer when you were there? I don't think I did. Think about a pretzel. Well, okay. Stay out of this conversation then. <laughs> Wait, he makes. If you don't know. <laughs> what, what are the pull, pull up the pretzel, pretzel prices? Pretzel pr- I want to know pretzel prices for every stadium in major pro sports. <laughs> no, it's like eight bucks. It's always eight and above. Yeah. No matter where I go. Sorry, this is the first thing I thought when we started talking about that. I was like, there's not a chance you can find any stadium or concert venue in the city of Detroit has a beer for five dollars fifty cents. No, and and the wings have been terrible. And I still have to pay like eight fifty. <laughs> yeah, and that's like that's like the lowest you can you can buy a beer yeah. for it at Little Caesars. Just well, wait. they had to pay for that new arena, and the entertainment district is really, really jumping downtown. Oh, beautiful. That's lots of concrete. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it for the news. Uh, hopefully, we get a bunch more news when I get back from my honeymoon because training camp will have started. So yeah, we and then should we'll have a lot more news. I'm sure there will be a few signings that trickle in for anybody not signed. We'll get uh, player tryouts too, which are always fun. Yep, yep. And you get to see the uh, the kids, the younger guys, see how they're doing at camp. Maybe uh, the wings get 
one Simon Edvinson looking good in camp. So we'll see. Hopefully there'll be a lot more news when we get back. Well, I think training camp's like mid-September, right, normally? Yep. Um, oh, no. And the preseason starts late September, so then we go right yep. into the season. So we get some hockey action coming soon here. Won't be uh, grasping at straws to try to find some I know. It's bittersweet. Summer's over, but um, they always ease us in with, like, every sport is back. <laughs> yeah, everything is back <laughs> now. <laughs> I think it's only, like, 42 or 43 days until the season starts. Get the countdown going. Yep. Uh, Love it. Take a quick, take a quick break, and we'll come back with some fantasy hockey, which is something that we all had a gripe about that no one talks fantasy hockey. We're gonna do it for you. Light the lamp, baby. We plan to help you light the lamp in your fantasy league. A little fantasy hockey 101. It's right around the corner, um, and we want to give a little fantasy love on our show, as we talked about. Not many people do uh, some fantasy hockey talk. A lot of fantasy football. I mean, obviously, that's a more popular one, but oh, fantasy hockey is a blast. I feel, oh, we're, so uh, I feel we're very experienced, too. We're 10 years in. A decade in. This is the season 11. Joe has just joined the uh, Fixed Fantasy Hockey League. Yeah, big time. Not my first year playing, though. No, no. You're yeah. you very experienced. We've been doing this since, like, 2006 with your dad. Yep. Um, but Joe joined the uh, the big leagues. The, uh, the <laughs> pro league. Sang. The pro yeah. league here. Uh, quick rundown. I so, was in the Teddy Bluger League prior. <laughs> he was in the Beauty League. First, yeah, feeding laughs to people. <laughs> uh, quick, fan, quick, uh, quick overview of fantasy hockey. It's it's fantasy football. It's the same thing, same concept. Um, you get points for goals, assists, plus minus, hits, saves. Uh, yeah, goalies get wins, losses. You lose points. Goals against you lose points. Saves you you get points, and then. There's also a bunch of other categories you can add in there. You can add power play points or power play goals. You can even add power play assist if you want. It's really all about your league and how, how you want to set it up. Um, For the most part, though, the best players are still – you're not getting – unless you start doing like penalty minutes or hits. Which used to be the standard thing which is with, it, without hits. Stop playing penalty minutes, everyone. <laughs> yes. There's yeah. been uh, – I'm pretty ahead. sure one championship in our league was voted by – Point one five points, which is like a hit or a save, I believe. Well, remember the year that we decided we would try face-off wins? Yes. Oh, that, that was, was the, the year you're talking about. Oh, okay. And you want to know who the number one player in fantasy hockey was that year? See if you can guess. De- known player, decently known player, but by no means would you ever think he was a point producer. Uh, Lucic? No. Well, older, 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 older. Let's um, see. He was a Vancouver Canuck. Okay. He got an eye injury at one point. Oh, I I know it. Jack, do you want to? Manny Malhotra. Yeah, number one player in fantasy, <laughs> Manny Malhotra, because of face-off wins. So we quickly eliminated that stat. That was a one and done. Face-off wins are a terrible idea in your fantasy league. Also, like Joe said, we played the first like six years of our league with penalty minutes. Why it ever made sense that you should get rewarded for hurting your team by taking penalty? Didn't make any sense, but it was a standard thing in Yahoo until two years ago when they made hits now the standard f- scoring format. And not penalty minutes. Yeah. yeah. I remember one year I was in a different league with Adam and Steve Ott was like 25th highest scorer. It was a stud because he had 260 penalty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Just because he got, he would take penalties and fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, Take it from us. Do not use penalty minutes. We did for a long time, and it just it just doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Um, you can play a couple different formats in fantasy hockey. You can play head-to-head, 
categories, which is if me and Joe were playing against each other, whoever has the most goals in in the week we play each other, they're weekly matchups just like football, although obviously there's games every day. If you play head-to-head categories, if Joe scores more goals as a team than I do in the week, you get one point for winning that category. So the most you can do is have is win 10 to nothing. There's 10 categories. Mm-hmm. So essentially you get a point for winning a category. Pretty self-explanatory after that. There's head-to-head points, where which is what we play, which you play against an opponent every week, and then you get a certain amount of points for goals, assists, plus, minus, all your stats, and those combine each week, and you have to beat the person in points you're playing against each week. Would that's closest that's similar to PPR? Yeah, I was just going to say, that's the closest format to like your standard football, football leagues. Yeah. Right. Um, and also, it's the both head-to-heads are... Um, your ranking is based on your overall record compared to who you're playing, like in fantasy football as well. Right. Uh, there's also a points-only league, which you don't have matchups. It's just whoever gets the most points. Same thing, certain amount of points for goals, assists, whatever. Whoever has the most points at the end of the year is the winner. There's no that In that form of fantasy hockey, there's no playoffs. Obviously, no head-to-head matchups. And you play through the end of the regular season. Head-to-head fantasy hockey, you don't go to the end of the regular season. It's just shy of the end of the regular season, and your playoffs happen the last three weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. Your championship is before the actual NHL playoffs. Correct. Correct, yeah. Uh, and in, in all this, it's it's just like football. In all of this, it ends regular season. This is regular season only. Yep. And then there's the, rot- the rotisserie league, which started with baseball. That's a whole thing. You don't even worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's way more fun to just play head to head. I think is the most fun because you, it's it's a it lends itself to be just like football. You have a head to head matchup against someone in your league every week, and there's that that fun of like you know jabbing each other back and forth, and it's easier to. Or I think it's it's it evens the playing field a little bit more than just a straight points league would be because in just a straight points league, the team with the best players who's killing it is probably going to continue to kill it all year pending injuries. Head to head, a worse team could beat someone one week and knock them out of the playoffs just because they had a couple guys go off on their roster and, yeah. and change the stand. You know, it's it it makes it a lot more fun. I think the There's, only nice thing about rotisserie is. Um, if you have a big night, it's just worth more right. than just adding stats adding up against yep. something like right. that. There's a, I don't know, I feel like luck plays a lot of factor in fantasy sports. Well, let's be honest, it's gambling. Yeah. yeah. So there's luck. Yeah, you're right. It's it's There is strategy in building your team. It's probably 75% luck, yeah. 80% luck. For I sure. mean, you could pick the right guys and they get hurt or have a bad year or you don't start them on the right nights because that's the other thing. You got an 18, roughly 18 uh, player roster size, and you might start the wrong guy every night. It's different than in in football. You can do it too, but mm-hmm. in football, you're you're planning for for Sundays. That's mm-hmm. it. You try to set your lineup for Sunday. You have to pay attention to set your lineup every single night in hockey. So there might be some nights where you have two guys playing or one guy playing. Your goal should be to try to evenly spread that as much as you can throughout the season. So you're not having, you know, the NHL tends to schedule games in like a pattern. Mm-hmm. So like there'll be a, all year long, there'll be a ton of games every Tuesday throughout the whole season. Yep. Wednesday will be like a slower night. Thursday, Friday, Saturday will be heavy. Sunday will be slow. You know, there's it kind of you also have to kind of draft guys. Not that you're looking at schedules when you draft guys, but you when you're going through a season and picking guys up off waivers and 
adding guys, you want to be able to fill spots and play more man games in a week than the guy you're playing against. Yeah, and that that also goes into um, when I try to draft. I don't like having like three guys that all play on the same team. Right. It's a it's, unless it's like unless they're studs. Yeah. Right. And then you're fine. But right, the stack isn't as prominent as it is in football because you're gonna have weeks where they only play two games maybe, and then you're down because of that. Right. Just because you don't have the man uh, games played. Of there's, the week. there's also obviously a lot more players, so there's a lot more movement as far as free agency or waivers. You know, you're doing a lot more adding and dropping of players. Exactly. You're, you might own a guy for a week. There's guys in our league. I mean, we have a very active league. I think that was one of the reasons you were excited to join is because we there's 25, 30 trades a year. There's you know there's every single day you got to be paying attention to the waiver wire because people are picking guys up and dropping guys. And there will be there will be a handful of guys every year that have been on eighty percent of the rosters in the league. Everyone has had them at one point. Take you- it from somebody who has traded all his <laughs> draft picks to get eight out of the top fifteen players in fantasy, and still losing the first round of playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's fantasy hockey for you. But as far as difference from football is, that's a big difference in that there's less players in fantasy football that make an impact. You could pick up a guy who got called up from the minors and he'll randomly be a plus three and have two assists on a night, and that could win you a week. Well, also, you can get a guy that like is hot for three weeks. Right. I, <laughs> it's also fun when you're in a league that everyone actually follows it. Yeah, like everyone pays attention. You don't get people that like are done after the midway or even sooner. Oh, we've had those guys. That's why he doesn't well, play. That's anymore. why Joe's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more fun when everyone actually cares. Well, the other thing is I think our league is pretty cool about you want to have it's like any other fantasy league. You want people who are invested, who are gonna pay attention, who are gonna make it fun and not just check their lineups and not like, you know, not participate in the group chat and whatever. Um but even the guys who sell their team in our league. So that's the other thing, the other point to this is trades are different based on the structure of your league on if you can trade draft picks for the following year or not draft picks and keepers. So when you're bad, it's like real sports. Your idea is to sell your team for draft picks for next season. But even those guys pay attention the whole year and they still try to, you know, they still try to pull the upset in week 15 and beat the guy who's fighting for a playoff spot. Or if you are quick on a, um, waiver pickup, you can then use that and trade him again for more picks. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. So in in a league where you're gonna where you're gonna open up draft pick trading, be aware. It does take some a learning curve. You don't want when people start selling off their team, you don't want everyone to give that person a first round pick. Jack. You don't want everyone <laughs> to give that person a first round pick and a second round pick and a third round pick. Because you get to a point where someone's team next year is just unbelievably stacked coming out of the draft because of all the draft picks. Although that is a difference in hockey compared to football. If you go to a football draft and you have a stacked, crazy amount of picks, you're going to have a really good team. In hockey, there's a bigger, much bigger percentage of swings and misses in the draft. Well, there's, there's been someone who had, uh, between the first five, three rounds, had like seven or eight picks. Right, and it was they they finished like fifth. Yeah, we haven't had, we have not had someone sell their entire team and win a championship yet. Yeah. The next year at, by having all those picks, yeah. 
but everyone does it every year anyway. <laughs> everyone keeps trying. So moral of the story, it's it's if you add some of those things, we also have a, a keeper. It's also a keeper league, so you get to keep one guy. Um, I think when you do a keeper league, you all you have to have a max amount of seasons you can keep a guy. Ours is three, just so that guys keep rotating in. Someone doesn't own McDavid for ten Ever. years. Yeah. But moral of the story is it's way more fun to be in a league just like any other fantasy sport with people who pay attention and are invested. In oh, for sure. Uh, your typical roster size in fantasy hockey, two centers, two left wings, two right wings, 4D, two goalies. There's a utility spot that's optional. We do have a utility spot, which can be p- played with anybody but a goaltender. Mm-hmm. And then four to five bench spots. And then we have uh, an IR spot or an IR plus spot. IR plus allows you to put a guy who's day to day on a spot because a lot of guys don't, a lot of teams don't put guys on IR when you would hope they would. So that's just taking up a bench spot. So that's what the IR plus is for. And then your standard scoring goals, assists, plus minus, power play goals, shorthanded goals, shots on goal, hits, and then your goalie categories. So quick, quick rundown. Let's look at the, uh, the top 25 fantasy players heading into this season. Oh, good luck for that guy if he has to spend a night in the pokey. Don't get the guy that has to spend a night in the pokey yep. <laughs> is the moral of the story. Yeah, just listen to Mickey. So I think your, stand, your top five is probably pretty universal across the board. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Matthews, McKinnon, Kucherov-ish. Do you guys have anyone else in your top five besides those guys I named? Uh, I have Krill in mine. Okay, I have him at six, so just outside. Yeah. I mean... That's, that's, that's pretty much most... That's going to be your top five. The only other one I have that you didn't list is Ovechkin. I have OV at seven, so right there. But your top five is going to be generally standard in most leagues. Now, also, if you're playing a keeper league, those guys aren't on the board. Nope, never. So you don't even get a chance to draft those guys. No. You have a chance to get them when their time comes up and the guy can't keep them for the following year, so you got to make a move. Um, but we're just talking standard league, no keeper right now. So... Beyond the top five, which, like we said, is pretty standard. You could have a guy jump in there, um, here and there, Kirill, Ovechkin, whoever it might be. And usually those guys are, if someone does have them in the top twenty, uh, top five, they're sitting right outside the top five anyway. Yeah. But when you start going through, like I have Kale McCarr at eight. Defensemen are, are tough to rank in, in fantasy hockey because not a lot of them are super important to, you know, to success in fantasy hockey. They're 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 important in that if you do have a really good one, you have a leg up on every other player in your league just based on having a guy that can put up some points. But a guy like Kale, Roman Yossi, Victor Hedman are really the guys you're looking at as your like top top tier of defensemen. Maybe Johnny Carlson sneaks in there because of the points total. But those are really the defensemen that that make a big difference. Yeah. Beyond that, you can kind of interchange a lot of the next ten defensemen on the list, I would think. Maybe Fox. You could throw Fox in there. Yeah. Um, but everyone else is probably in the same realm. Kale's the only one that... He's the great white buffalo. He can... <laughs> he's, he's the only one that could uh, lit- legitimately score 80 points every year he plays for like the next five years. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I mean, Yossi had a, a monster season, but... I would agree. I mean, he's he's McDavid on the blue. He's the line. only one. Like, if you're thinking defenseman, he's the only one at the age. Um, maybe Hughes and Fox, you can be, but he, there's so much. 
You're talking about guys that are are the potential could keep growing. Could keep growing. They're going to get better, and it could be as as useful as a forward. You know, in scoring points. When you're when you're going into a draft, where are you? How early are you looking to take a defenseman? And are you dead set on trying to hit a top flight defenseman early in the draft? Or are you okay if you miss out on some of those guys? If one falls, maybe you snag him. If it, you know, if let's say you miss out on Makar and Hedman falls to the fourth round, maybe there you're you're pretty comfortable taking him. You feel like easy, a steal. Yeah. But how early are you targeting a defenseman typically in your fantasy drafts? I guess it depends on like how you're building too. So like, do you want? Because um, there's also people that will just wait and try to get the hot defenseman that year and like free agency or take rookies that could break out. Right. And you're kind of doing like these three guys are not as good as Kale, of course, but together you're getting close to the points that Kale's going to put up in a week. So here's the other thing with me is. Like I almost never target a top flight defenseman, a top tier defenseman. I know. Almost never. I'd rather fill out my roster with with forwards, but I also don't I also attempt to not wait too long yeah. on defensemen because there is a point where you are staring at three or four third pairing defensemen on your roster, and that really doesn't help you at all in fantasy. I mean you still need some guys who can put up some points, but I almost never target these top guys unless one of them falls further than they should. Um, and the other thing is in, in our league, at least we run four defensemen on your roster, on your mm-hmm. starting roster. I almost never have four defensemen on my roster. Uh, yeah. I, usually I run roll three. three. Yeah. So like looking at a, a draft from last year, that was a league with no keepers. So it's a, it's a good barometer of how this falls. McDavid and dry style one, two McKinnon, Kucherov, uh, Vasilevsky, we'll get into the goalies, but you don't get you get your first defenseman at Kale McCarr at at the turn. So the team that took Ovechkin tenth uh, overall took McCarr the next pick. Yep. So that's about yeah, that's that's about where you could take him. And again, that that makes perfect sense because he's going to outproduce a lot of these guys. McAvoy, for example, you could take McAvoy in like the tenth round. Yes, eleventh round. He finished eighty fifth in all fantasy in points. He had over 200 fantasy points for me last year. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Justin Falk. Justin Falk's basically an undrafted defenseman. He finished 109th in all fantasy, 200 fantasy points. Like, you can get defensemen that are more than serviceable, that will put up enough points just by way of plus minus and, like, assists. You you do need an offensive guy. I mean, you're you're never taking a Radko Gudis or something like that. Exactly. But as long as you have serviceable defensemen, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And uh, you can... You could find defensemen throughout the year, too. Right. Um, so what I like to do is I like to get, like, one top-tier guy, depending on where I take him, is probably, like, in the top five rounds. And then I just hope for, like, a rookie or, or right. I'll add him throughout the year. Wait till those double-digit rounds to fill out your defensive spots yeah. after that. So as we get going, Jack, you bringing that, that up, uh, the guys that are kind of – a little bit older, but they were superstars or still maybe are, but just aren't thought of in that light quite a, quite as much anymore. The first one that really comes in is Ovechkin, but I think he still ranks inside the top 10 just based on his goal-scoring ability yep. that he still has and hasn't shown that he's going to slow down at all well, yet. And the power play goals are a huge factor. That's all I was just going to say. I mean, when you when you got a guy who's going to put up pot 15 power play goals, that's a lot of extra points on your roster. Power play goals are 
a pretty important barometer when you're when you're ranking fantasy hockey players in, for a single season. You know, a guy like Chris Kreider who scored like what twenty four on the power play, half his fifty goals last year were on the power play. That's unbelievable. That put him up to like fourth in all fantasy. Yeah, and he had. I mean, that was an unbelievable year. Fifty two goals. Well, and I think that's where guys like Stamkos and Crosby uh, and Ovechkin and those guys, they might slide a little bit more than maybe you expect or maybe you maybe you forget about them a little bit. But if you're taking Crosby in the second round, third round of a fantasy league, still pretty solid. That's a, that's a, that's a great pick. Like allowing those guys to slip into those rounds, the value is, is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ovechkin was still ninth. I don't know if you said that, but ninth last year in fantasy points. Just yeah, because but, goals are worth more. Right. Yeah, your goal scorers are gonna are gonna you know, are gonna be your, your top top tier guys. But really those power play points are huge, and that's also why guys like Crosby and Pasta and Stamkos and whoever, the guys who've been in the league a little while, are also all guys who play on number one power play units. Which just being on there is is enough to boost their draft value immensely. Just even if, even if they, you know, maybe they don't produce a ton, but having the opportunity is huge. Well, especially on good teams. Cause I mean, if you look at the best teams in the playoffs last year is the ones that could score on the power play and you could put out five superstars like, uh, like Colorado did or Tampa can do even the Rangers power play unit is solid. And you know you're going to score, and you're just more likely. Edmonton is there. You're more likely to get an assist when um, McDavid's scoring if you have Drysaddle, or just someone that's like the third guy on that power play unit. Let's do a let's do a little exercise here. Okay, so I don't know where you guys have Crosby in your top twenty-five. I got him down at the 18, 18 range, which is probably a little low, but you could probably afford to wait on him to that point in a draft because he's gonna, probably still going to be there. I got him at 12. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list a couple names. Yeah. So as I go through this, you just tell me, I'm going to say Crosby or Kyle Connor. Who would I rather who'd take? Who would you have? Who would you rather have? I'd probably rather take Crosby. Yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. Because uh, the only reason I would say... Crosby's on the better team. Crosby's on the better team. The only thing I would say with Connor is he scores, and he probably he's and he's less he's injury. constantly moving up. Crosby's got injuries almost every year. I think gun to my head, it's probably Connor. Okay, uh, Crosby or Zabanajad? I'm gonna ride the Crosby train. Where Joe? Wait, was Crosby not even in the top twenty-five last year? No, he was. Nah, he was hurt. Yeah, but he, oh, but right. he had like sixty eight points in sixty three games or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was okay. still over. Okay. A point he was well game. over a point a game. I traded for him. Um, Zabinajad's my guy too. I think I then takes takes Zabinajad. This yeah. will just show everybody where two different perspectives are at. Yeah. Okay. So Crosby or Crosby or J T Miller? I'd take Crosby. I think I'm going to go JT Miller now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're over Zabanajet and Connor? Yep. Okay, well, we know why you lose. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, Sidney Crosby or Tammy Panarin? Panarin. This year, Panarin. Rangers are going to be good. They were good last year. 
I mean, Panarin puts up. They both put up huge points. I would say Crosby because he's a. Because what's Panarin? Oh, actually, I would do Panarin because he's a winger, and it's tougher to find like um, a good left wing or right wing. Okay, so here's the point of this. I think you can make an argument for guys as high as tenth, eleventh in fantasy that Crosby is just as good at. But you could also make the argument that you could rank him in the twenties in all fantasy. You yeah. I mean? So like your top twenty-five really is your cream of the crop. That's where you want to be. I mean, the end of my top 25 is guys like uh, Johnny Goudreau and Sebastian Ajo and JT Miller and Lindholm. Like, all those guys, you could make the argument that all those guys could... You look at their potential, would you be at all surprised if Sebastian Ajo finished eighth in fantasy? No. No. I mean, you could even do that with Kane. That's what I mean. Yeah, Pat Kane. Like, I think a lot of the... I think the top of your draft is about who... It's about the guy you have the faith in and the situation. So, like, Pasta is a little bit lower on my list as a guy because he's Marshan's hurt, Bergeron's hurt. You bring back Krejci, who hasn't been in the NHL in a year. Mm-hmm. And what's he going to do on a team depleted who's still trying to push for a playoff spot? Sure. And he's still going to get his points. But is he going to be that next level tier? Like, this year, I'll probably take Crosby over Pasta. I mean, it's more likely that... Pasta doesn't hit 40 if he's not playing with Bergeron and Marchand the whole year, you know? Not to say that he could still score that, but it's more likely, I would say, he doesn't right. this year. There's gonna be, you have to look at the situation for everybody. Teams are, you know, the team situation, the situation where they are in the lineup, guys that may be hurt who they played with last year, or what are the reasons they succeeded and what are the reasons they, they may not this year. And Pasta is the guy I look at because you could see some regression there based on what the team situation is looking like. Yeah, another guy you could even bring up is someone like Marner, who's who gets points but majority assists every yep. year. Yep. And you look at his stats every year, you're like, he still hits ninety, still hits eighty, he still hits a hundred, but he's it's just marked lower because they're assists over goals. Right. Um, One of the hardest things I think is the swing of some of these guys, like. No one predicted Kreider being fourth overall, but if you go back a couple years ago, Elias Pettersson was like fifth to eighth overall. And then what was he last year, like 60th or something like that? Like, right. There's some crazy swings in these guys too, and, and fantasy point-wise, I mean. Yeah, there's, there's, the un, there's the unpredictable always, and I think that's with any fantasy sport. I also think that the NHL is, is the most um, up-and-down of any other sport as players go. Yeah. Jeff Skinner is a good, good example. Of yeah. That. Yep. Well, even, I mean, still on Pedersen, he, when he was fifth, eighth overall, I was like, he was really high on my rankings. Like I was like, Oh, I'm going to take this guy early. Yep. And I took him. And- yeah. The lows, the lows are really low. The highs are really high. And you could have as an example, let's say JT Miller, really good player. No one you would, we even think about taking in the top four rounds probably until last year. And he puts up almost a hundred points. That's and now I you're like, him over now, well, now you go into this year and you're like, well, is JT Miller going to repeat that? There's a good chance he has an off year and he's a 70 point guy. And, and then you also have a guy like Crosby where, you know, if he's playing, he's getting points. Right. Yeah. I think, I think you track record is important. Just be aware that track record can be, driven off the road at some point like a guy like Kreider yeah. who's always a really good player he's always scoring 25 goals until this year and he decides to score 52 
Exactly. And uh, Skinner, you were just saying that's a very good comparable. Um, even Johnny Gaudreau, is he going to have that year? He had this year again. Um, there's always in the NHL, it seems like one guy like Matt Duchesne last year. Before the season started, he was like ranked 277th in all of hockey. He finished at 23. Which is crazy. He had 43 goals, 43 assists. Um, there's some, there's guys like that that are always going to jump up. Tage Thompson had 38 goals. He was that's went so undrafted. Crazy too. Yeah, that's so crazy too. So and 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 a, and it's a this is where I think in fantasy hockey, take the guy that you believe in. Yeah, that you think can can score. Whatever that reason may be, Jack could disagree with me on why I think. Like going into last year, Jack could disagree with me on why I think. Kreider could be a 40, 40, 50 goal guy. Mm -hmm. Just based on certain scenarios, if you like a guy and you think he can do it, take your shot because you never know in a given year who's going to have an up or down year. And it's not like football where there's generally consistency among those guys. Tage Thompson comes in and scores 38 goals. Jeff Skinner couldn't score more than nine goals and people wanted to run him out of town Mm because he's making nine million bucks and he scores 30 goals this year. I mean, it happens a lot. I want to know who my guy is. You got a your guy? Who's your guy? I don't know if I want to tell you. We got we got a draft against each other. Yeah, well, we got a podcast of people who are listening and want to know. <laughs> uh, I didn't see him on any rankings list in the top twenty-five, but Robertson. That's, ooh, Jason, Jason Robertson. Robertson. I mean, I love that kid. Yeah, it's a great pick. I don't know if, like, fantasy point wise, if he's on the best team, but he's I mean, he played score on power last year. Points. He's going to get thirty. He was thirty-one uh, overall last year. Point wise. And I won't be able to get him though because I don't draft till the sixth round. <laughs> <laughs> Trading draft picks, folks. That's what it gets you. <laughs> uh, so one one of one of the the things I've started to research in fantasy hockey is like a strategy about and and just looking at history of our league and champions of what you generally need on a roster to be a championship to have a championship team. Typically, you need some kind of a breakdown that you have a large number of 25-plus goal scorers and 40-plus assist guys, a, a combo of those guys. If you can fill out half to three-quarters of your roster with that, you're going to be one of the better teams in your league because that's just the, just the nature of it with the points that you get for goals. That should be barometers, really, for when you're drafting of guys, can this guy get to 25 goals? Can this guy get to 40, 45, 50 assists? Um, looking at last year, there was 83 players in the league who had 25 or more goals. There were 72 players who had 40 plus assists. That is, it sounds like a lot. It's not really that big of a number when mm-hmm. you're talking about 10 people drafting 18, 18 players in a draft. Yeah. So your goal should be how many of these guys, how many guys can I target in my draft that can put, let's call it over 20 goals at least. I need as many 20-goal guys, preferably 25, 30-goal guys, but as many 20-goal guys and as many 40-plus assist guys as I can get usually gives you a pretty good roster, barring injuries and anything unforeseen. It's just value. You know, like you want to make sure your first-round pick is, is like a workhorse. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing is, is, is uh, gauge the value of the pick you're trying to make. Yeah. You know, if, if you're getting... If you're getting a guy late and you go, well, the value says really he should be a third rounder and he's sitting there in the seventh, take him. Yeah. And it's all like 
averaging too. You know, like where if say uh, you want uh, Rantanen, he's gonna get you thirty six goals. You know, like you can almost guarantee he's gonna get thirty five plus just by who he plays with and the team that he's on and that power play unit and track record. And you know that he's always gonna be there giving you that. And then even a guy like you were saying, uh, Jason Robertson, I would be maybe nervous taking him with my second pick, even though I do love him. Is that because the track record, there's not enough sample size? There's not enough sample size, but then also um, it's just the names that are going to be around his name at that time. Very true. Yeah, you got you got to factor in who he's sitting next to. I mean, because you're going to have guys like Connor, Pasta, Aho, Zabinajad, Panarin around his name. All those guys are a um, all those guys are less terrifying to take than hoping Robertson does what he did this year. And Ro- but Robertson's ceiling is is a lot higher. But also these guys could have the same exact year, and and they've and done they, it, and they've done it before for multiple years. Right. You know. All right, so let's quickly jump into some goalies here. Goalies are an interesting thing in fantasy because there's not many that really are – almost none of them are league winners. And they typically no, but they, don't go till the fifth round. Goalies well, are strange, though, because you can definitely lose by having crap goaltending. Oh, yeah. Right, but I don't think it's – it doesn't take a lot of draft capital to have good goaltending on your roster. No, and every year there's another – Bennington or Pusari or uh, Matt Murray or, or Ottinger. Right. Where yeah, they every year they're out of nowhere. So a general top 10 as far as goalies go in fantasy, your number one is always going to be Vassy. Vasilevsky is going to be your number one. Shesterkin, Markstrom, Saros, Demko, Georgiev, Halibuck, Jack Campbell, Kemper, Jari. Anybody I missed? Anderson. Freddie Anderson. Did you say Georgiev? I did. Um, I think that's. I think that's about. I don't think any of our. Hellebuck, said him. Yeah. I don't think any of our top oh, tens um, change much. I would put Gibson and Grubauer somewhere close. Can you stop chewing like that? Ah, they that noise. Like, Who, wait, who'd you say? Sorry, like you Grubauer and Kemper. I could interchange those two out of the top ten. Or uh, um, yeah, I could maybe. I think I'd like, still take Kemper. Um, I think. Gibson over Gorgiev. Gibson's more – he's not on the best team, but it's – Yeah, but okay. So this is where you also get into you who, pick the who team. they playing for. Yeah. You're Me picking too. the team as much as you're picking the goalie. Yeah. Because so, good goalies on bad teams don't don't really get they, you points. They still lose yeah. and get scored on. Yeah. Very true. You could, be, you could be the best goalie in the world. If you're on a shit team, you're going to give up a lot of goals and lose a lot. Yeah. And what would be which the, is like – okay, which is, which is what hurts Halibuck a little bit more. He could be the number two goalie in fantasy every single year if the sucks. Jets were winning and making the playoffs every year. Agreed. And I think, Joe, you had someone on your list that could sneak in, and you just mentioned him in Jake Ottinger. I, he, could end up, he could end up the fifth best goalie in the league this year in fantasy. Yeah. And, and, and I think you were spot on when you said you're, you're essentially drafting the team, not so much just the goalie. Exactly. And – and you got to figure out like uh, the NHL is different because the goalie is not going to play every game, um, or I should say the goalie position is different. He's probably going to play half or just over half the amount of games. Almost every team's a tandem now. Yeah, and you got a tandem, 
and uh, sometimes having the tandem is good. Um, but to to put a lot of stock in a goalie that's not Vasi or Shesterkin, um is just tough because I I would even maybe put Campbell up there because you know Edmonton's going to win and they got nothing out under him. But do you trust him to do what he just did? I trust this that is, this goes to the this goes to the forward argument we just had is one outlier year enough to still f- make you think he could be top 5 and is and if so is that because of the team? It it's cuz of the team but also that contract and he's going to play. Right. Like they're going to put him out there. He's going to play 45 plus games cuz they don't even who's their backup? One. I don't know. So um, it might be Stewart, which yeah, is the kid. Yeah, the, the young kid, yeah. Um, so he's going to get points because Edmonton's going to win. Yeah. So I always try to have one good goalie and always have three to four goalies on my roster. But I think you really only ever need to target one of those superstar goalies and only one of them. I don't think you really need to go past targeting one of those top ten guys super early. You can fill out the rest of your roster with with – Split time guys and even some backups that still play thirty games and can get you, you know, the amount of points you need. The thing you need really is you need to ensure games played because there is a games played minimum in most fantasy hockey leagues. Yep, it's usually so, three, usually three games a week. If you don't play it, you lose your goalie points. Yep. So you want to have enough guys, and goalies don't play back to back anymore in the NHL. So you know, anytime when your goalie has a back to back, he's only playing one of those nights. Um. And here's some other numbers for you. So, number one goalie in the league last year was? Vasilevsky. UC Saros. Oh, that's right. There was only 10 goalies in all of the top 50 of fantasy last season. Going to the top 100, there was only 17 goalies in the top 100. That's crazy. So, the top 100 players you could have in fantasy hockey, only 17 are goaltenders. Which really shows you that you can put together a roster of three or four goaltenders that as long as they're decent and they're on a good team you shouldn't have to worry about goaltending too much. It also shows you that you could have a strategy that you want one of the one, one of, of the, the top guys. But goaltending is weird because I don't have faith that Saros does it again. No. The only one I have faith in is is Vassy. Yeah. And maybe And Sisterkin. I was gonna m- say maybe I'm getting some there. some yeah, some some confidence in him. Yeah. And then really even a guy like Georgiev, you thought he was good in New York, didn't get a ton of opportunity, but he was good when he did get his opportunity. Now he's going to the biggest wagon in the league in Colorado. And he'll, he'll put points up. And he'll put points up. But does that mean he's going to be elite? Well, where did Kemper? He's, gonna get, he, he's probably going to be where Kemper was. Which Kemper was? Darcy Kemper finished fourth among goaltenders, 30th among fantasy players. So he'd probably be in that realm. So you could say he's probably a lock to be th- Fourth through seventh. Top yeah. Ten. He'll, top, be top ten. he'll be top ten for sure. I don't know if he's going to be 50 in overall points. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't see any goalie in Colorado not being valuable. Not being great. That's where more luck comes in than anything is yep. goaltending, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Because you can find a goalie. Like two years ago, I picked up Marc-Andre Fleury from the waivers. No one drafted him. 
and he won the Vesna. They won the Vesna. Yeah, he had a Vesna trophy one. That's crazy. Yeah. So no one had him, and I got him, and he won the Vesna. <laughs> so which is insane. So goalie tending is strange always. Goalie tending is strange. Always. Goalie tending <laughs> is strange always. I'll make a shirt. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I you know waiver wire is waiver wire slash free agency is very important fantasy hockey. You have to be active and on top of it at all times. How about a uh, couple couple things before we end the pod here? You guys have any rookies you're looking to target this year? And I bring this up because rookies are much different than most sports. Well, I guess much different than football, at least as far as fantasy goes. Rookies in fantasy football, you're like those guys generally get drafted relatively high, especially the really good ones, because you know there's a very good chance they're going to be good. Hockey and they're going to play. Yeah, and they're going to play. Hockey takes a lot longer. Guys don't always make the league right away. But there's a couple, uh, couple of rookies that I have that I'm targeting, and it's always, almost always end of the draft, which at that point, anything beyond being droppable is a complete win in your draft. So my first guy is Matty Berniers. Hey, you stole mine. Ah, sucker. Uh, center for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Three goals and nine points in ten games last season. I think he could finish just outside the top top 100 in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just a quick prediction. I think he can be an 18 ish, 38 assist guy, 18 goal, 38 assist guy, mm-hmm. five or six power play goals, which would put him right around the hundredth best fantasy player. Now, if that's a guy you're getting in the 15th round of your draft, that's tremendous Solid. value. Tremendous value. And Berniers is going to be playing a ton. That's the thing you got to look at. What rookies are you going to take that are going to be playing a lot? Because the rookie that isn't locked into a high role when the draft is happening isn't worth a look in your draft because if he does get good and he starts to get the playing time, you can just pick him up off waivers anyway. Every um, depth chart or like um, projection of lines I've seen with Seattle has Berniers as center one. First line center. Yeah. Over See, Shane Wright. As long as he's top six. Yeah, definitely over Shane Wright and over Yanni Gord, over um, Morgan Geeky. I mean, you're yeah, seeing why. He's not, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Who do you uh, – you guys got anybody else? I mean, I, th- I think that's probably one of my top guys. I got two more, but let's uh, – I want to see who you guys got. Well, we talked to him earlier and uh, – And you're going to steal mine. My second one. And my mine uh I had Berniers on my list too, but uh Mason McTavish seems like well, he's ready. So, gonna <laughs> so we all had both those guys. That's good. I'm not gonna speak. That's good. He seems well I'll you could take McTavish then. Uh, uh no, I got someone else. I got Oh you do? Oh, okay. no, no, Jack will now in the fourth round. Yeah. <laughs> Sixth. Because that's when he has his first pick. Dang. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Better help me out, McTavish. Can't take anybody in the first four rounds because you don't have any of those. He's projected to play in the top six, and I think that's what you're looking at when you're looking at rookies. If you're going to draft one, you want a guy like you said that just has that's that you know is going to get some playing time. My next pick, rookie pick, would be uh, like playing darts blindfolded. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that Andre Kuzmenko for Vancouver, I think he might be a target for me. Did you think about the fact that he may not be on the roster? I did not. Well, that's something we have to uh, talk about. <laughs> you have to think about that. What happened? Why? Why he? They just it, signed him. Yeah, but is he gonna? Is gonna make the team? Yeah. <laughs> Confidence. <laughs> that's the pick where. Not to hate on your pick, Jack. I he, I think he will be good, but I would say that's the 
that's probably the level of guy where if it's not your last pick in the draft, yeah. you might be able to wait on him to, to start doing Some something. Some waiver waiver. Waiver waiver. Waiver waiver. Waiver yeah. waiver. If you wait on the waiver waiver for him, you might be able to get him. <laughs> one one more that I had uh, that we don't talk mu- much about, but I do like taking younger defensemen, and Owen Power would be one. Oh, there you go. That uh, you could probably steal late or undrafted, and he's a high pick first overall. He's going to play always nonstop. Yeah, on that team and that Buffalo team. Looks like they're going to be better, and he'll yep. he can put up points. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, a guy like that probably only hurts you a little bit if you have plus minus in your league. Yes, one guy. The the last one I had, and the last one we really need to cover, unless Jack's got another one. Jack, you got another one. Uh, Logan Thompson, goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, they don't have another one. goalie on the roster. He's got NHL experience. He's 10-5-3 with them last year in 19 games with a 9-1-4 save percentage. There's a chance that that kid goes into a, a, a situation where, sure, he's forced into the spotlight, and he probably has to play more games than you would. He's obviously going to play more games than you than he would have with, with Robin Leonard. Yes. But he's going to play more games than you even would have maybe wanted him to if you're Vegas. Well, at this point, he's goalie one. Right. Well, that's my point. If, if that's a guy you can target late in your draft— as a goaltender, and we just talked about how goaltenders aren't very deep. If you could take this kid late in your draft, tell me I'm nuts to think that if this kid is any kind of good like he was last year, ten five and three with a nine one four, he's a Calder finalist. If he if if they're good and even close to a playoff spot, that means he's going to have to have thirty wins or close to. To, to if if that team is good and he can play play that well, and he plays fifty five games, he's probably going to have to have. 28 to 30 wins for them to be close to a playoff spot, that could get you a Calder nod. Well, if he plays good, too, that Vegas team will win games. That's what I mean. He's going into a team. He's on a team with a, with a, that is a very good team still, despite yeah. all the, the crap we talk about them. They are still a very good team. Yeah, they just and he's essentially, and he's, That's right. And he's yeah, exactly. essentially just put into Robin Leonard's position. I'd... I'd I could see that kid being a Calder finalist, even if it's fifth in the Calder race by the end or whatever. Yeah, whatever. But if they're going to be good and they're going to be close to a playoff spot and that kid's your starting goaltender, you get a starting goaltender on nearly a playoff team late in your draft, that's a, that's a steal. All right, my favorite segment, quickly becoming today's Bucket of Hate. Want to hear a great band? They're called Bucket of Hate. Did either of you bring a Bucket of Hate today? I Jack did, did. I did choose one today. Oh, Jack's got someone to throw in his... Bucket of hate. <laughs> Jack, who are you putting in your... It's not, just one, it's not just one person. It's kind of a collective thing. It's a of, collective uh, group of people? Yes. Michigan drivers that are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Only the ones that are assholes. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking the ones that are going like 120 down the freeway and cutting everybody off. Go fast if you want to go fast, but don't, don't weave. Why do you got to weave? On my way home from work one day last Get week. Get off my lawn guy over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to know who doesn't hate them, though. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just having a great time. I really enjoy aggressive <laughs> jerk drivers. <laughs> well, I, I only say them because I got cut off three times on my way home from work. And I, I have an hour commute, so I mean, I guess that's kind of a lot of time to be cut off that many times. One way, too. But yes. Yeah. One way. From, from work to home. Uphill um, both ways? In the snow? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And coming from someone who had his car totaled last year or two years ago now, 
by an asshole driver. It just every time I see one driving like an asshole now, it drives me nuts. People this listen. Guy, this guy almost, literally within centimeters, smashed the whole front of my car, weaving and going at about 120 miles an hour. I mean, you might be in the car right now and see one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone's <laughs> in the car right now going, they're talking about this guy in front of me. <laughs> well, I people, know they're everywhere. It's people just... who don't know you might be like, oh, well, how do we know he's not one of the asshole drivers? Jack is by far the opposite of a... I'm a grandma. Yeah, it's, it's maddening. Driving to work with <laughs> every day? He's kind of an asshole driver. Yeah. He likes it, to be real close to the bumper in front of him. I, I fear for my life about three days a week. <laughs> Driving with No, he's he's Wait, not I'll as bad as who is. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, Jack, thanks for bringing a bucket of hate today. Thank I you. appreciate it. Joe? I, I still do not have one. Joe just doesn't hate anything or anybody. <laughs> it's not true hate. It's just dislike, I guess. Uh, I wrote a couple down. But I guess I'll just pick one. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're going pretty long here. Just I'll just pick one, and it's Kevin Durant. This whole off season, I want to get traded. I don't want to be here anymore. After signing an extension, doesn't want to be in Brooklyn. Doesn't want to play with uh, Kyrie Irving now. Says he can't can't have Steve Nash as his, uh, as his coach. Although he requested to have Steve Nash hired as his coach. Sat down with Steve Nash and the owner this week. He's staying. I'm good. I'll, I'll stay now. I'm okay with it. We good. Play. You know why hockey players Shut are up! so much better than basketball players? Because 98% of hockey players aren't ninnies. <laughs> basketball players just filled with a bunch of ninnies who whine about everything. It's, it's so annoying. And people who love the NBA, like, movement, it's fun for about 10 minutes. If you were a Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets fan, would you not be just super annoyed by all this right now? I mean, yeah, you lose – well – you thought you were going to lose uh, the best player. I think NBA is different, though, because they just have so much um, – I don't know if clout's the right word. But, I mean, Durant – You mean the players. Like, they can just decide can, and go wherever they want yeah, and do whatever they want. He's got so much um, – Well, look at LeBron's a, basically the GM. Exactly. And um, But it's different, too, in the NBA because, like, you're – when you're the superstar, you're the league. Right. You know, right. they have the say. And that's where the money is coming from, too. Listen, I don't, I don't, like, I like Kevin Durant for the most part, but he's getting to the point where, like, people hated on him for leaving and going to, going to Golden State. Yeah. And people hated on him for leaving Golden State and going to, to Brooklyn. Yep. Now people are like, oh, well, now you want to leave Brooklyn despite just committing to them and signing a big contract? Like, why is that okay for him to just be like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to play here anymore. Oh, you mean you don't want to play here after you made us hire the coach you wanted and get the players you wanted, and now you want out? Never mind. It's all right. I'll hang out for a little bit. Like, I just, I, th- I feel like you probably lump a lot of NBA players into that group. But for sure. This week, it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious as to who your other two are. Oh, um, well, quick mentions. Or quick give mentions. me one for next week. Quick mentions. Aaron Rodgers and Tiger and Rory. I hate Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, dude, that one could be every single week. I know. The Tiger and Rory thing is because they hate on the Live Tour so much because it's a gimmick, and then they just announce a gimmick event of their own in, in a stadium. They're going to play golf in a stadium on a simulator and have a bunch of people there to watch. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Could throw them in the uh, – as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Joe will have a bucket of hate next week. 
I maybe. Will. <laughs> maybe. I'm going to pick one out at the wedding. Uh, football is <laughs> is back. Maybe we'll get to this college football segment that I've been pushing off for four episodes. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy yourselves. I'm going to get married next weekend, and we will also have a pod. The wedding will not push a pod off the week. Yeah, we'll be doing one. and uh, No work Monday. What no a good work, weekend to have a wedding. No work Monday, fantasy football drafts. I'm going to have a I'm bonfire excited. on Sunday if you guys want to come hang out. Oh my gosh! Oh, are you inviting? Oh, well, I, it's gonna you be inviting the thirty wedding. people that listen to this? Are you, are you inviting all thirty <laughs> listeners? No. Also, we need a oh, shout out. Yeah, do a shout out right before the what? end of this. I will to finish. the bees that are in my backyard. <laughs> no, well, no, the we beefs. already gave them the, the bees. The <laughs> uh, we gave them one earlier. Uh, our first fan. Oh, Doug. Who? Um. Well, before we end this, we do have one last thing, and it's not hate at all. No, I would it, call this a bucket a, of it's love. A poor, it's a poor segment. Poor, <laughs> poor segment change there. Yeah. Um, we uh, have successfully got a fan that none of us know. Yeah. First first listener that first no one fan, really yeah. knows. His name is uh, Doug. But it, um, it was a very nice note. Doug, we appreciate your kind words. We appreciate you, man. It's Donnie Brook. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Is the Facebook name fixed? Yes. That was the whole thing. Great Why success. does Facebook make everything so difficult? I don't know. It's Unbelievable. The worst. Also, our, was it our brand ambassador? Couldn't think of the password. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's quickly falling on Doc the charts. Pay. Doc is pay. <laughs> Doc no. is pay. Uh, so that's it for episode six. Episode six already, boys. Yep. Congratulations. I think we us. should start naming. Well, well done. Wait. said this before. We got to start naming our episodes. I'm going to name this one for us. <laughs> uh, and we'll ride out. Uh, this one's out to Doug as well. We're right out with our favorite song of all time. This is for you, Doug. Thanks for listening. <laughs>